everyone for being with us here. We are live on Radio Row. It's the morning tailgate Raider Nation Radio. Lindsey Brown, Clay Baker. A lot to get into in a packed second hour as all of our coverage is brought to you by Paul Petalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery, and we'll get into the game coming up next with Trey Wingo, longtime national host, now with a 33rd team, has a terrific NFL podcast with Chase Daniel and also on YouTube, one of the best. It's Trey Wingo Presents. I absolutely love that, Trey. Thank you oh, for thank joining you. us. Oh, thanks for being here, guys. Also here on the Habit of the Stunt app, so we're really happy to be here and talk football and do whatever you guys want. That's awesome, Trey. We're really happy to have you here and be first in line in a long day of interviews for you, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, you're getting the best of me. Yeah. It's all downhill after this, yeah, baby. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so happy I can say this to a fellow sportscaster because we've, we've chatted before, but I've never met you uh, in person. You look taller in person than what I pictured you. I quit smoking, so oh. it shot right up. Look at that. Look happened. at that. Well, congratulations on that. I know that's a daily battle, as it is for many of people. But uh, what do you think about the hiring of Antonio Pierce here in Las Vegas, and what are your uh, projections for their level of competition, not just out here in the West, but just the AFC at large? Well, first of all, I couldn't have been happier. Antonio and I worked together at NFL Live. He's a good friend of mine. I texted him after he got the job. Uh, interim, I was thrilled for him. And, and – I think it speaks to the Raiders organization. I think they learned from their mistake. Because when John Gruden was fired, Rich Bisaccia took over the team. And, you know, they could have easily won that game against the, the Bengals in the wild card round in Cincinnati. There was the inadvertent whistle uh, yeah. on a touchdown. And then they were inside the 10-yard line when they needed a touchdown to win late in the game. And they just didn't push it across. They went the outside. The splashy hire went for Josh McDaniel. And it all went to... So I, I was happy that Mark and the organization learned from that mistake because the team really wanted Bisaccia to get that job. And we had Max Crosby on the Chasing It podcast, yeah. uh, and you know, he couldn't have been more of an advocate for Antonio. So I was thrilled for Antonio, and I think they, they did the right thing. Now, will it work? I hope so, but that's a separate issue entirely. But I think they made the right choice based on the team, and I mm-hmm. think that was the most important thing they did. Trey Wingo here with us on the morning tailgate with the stunt the stunt app at stunt app on x and you know when you think about what are the great qualities of certain nfl coaches antonio pierce embodies a certain ability to connect with players correct investing into humanity perhaps yes. uh, how important is that now becoming a trend in the nfl because you see the similar uh, feeling with dan campbell in detroit absolutely I, you know my good friend mark schlereth who also works works with me on the stunt app uh always has, says this about football. It's a relational built business. In other words, unless you're Bill Belichick and you have your resume, and we can talk about why he's unemployed, and that's, that's fine, um, you need to have a relationship with your players. And you mentioned Dan Campbell. They would go through a wall for him. Same thing with the Chiefs, with Andy Reid. Uh, and, and I think that that relationship has been forged between Antonio and his players. Now, I will say this. It only works if you win. Right. All that stuff we just talked okay. about doesn't go. mean yeah. dog bleep mm-hmm. if they don't win. Because yes. whenever you hire a coach, we love the culture. He's, like Joe, when Joe Judge was hired as the coach of the Giants, we love the culture. We love this and that. Why'd you fire him? Well, we didn't win. So, like, yeah. the culture's only good as long as you're winning. <laughs> like that, that, they, it's, you can't have 37 losses and then say, but we still like the culture. And that's why the second year for Dan Campbell was so important. They went mm-hmm. 3-13-1, and, and it's like, okay – then they started out slow, but they finished 8-9, and nine, and when they had no chance for the postseason last year at the end, last game of the regular season, they knocked the Packers out of the playoffs, and that built into this year. And, and I think that Antonio has the same opportunity, and, by the way, the hiring of Tom Telesco as a general manager, whom I love as well, also a friend. Okay. But I told him, I said, Tom, you're leaving the Chargers, but you've got the same problem. You've got to deal with 15. Like, <laughs> you know, right. like, you're coming here. Like, didn't you see this already? Like, you, you couldn't have gone somewhere else. But I, I do think that I think that the two of them together 
have every opportunity to get it right here. Well, and I think when you talk about beating 15 or competing against 15 or what's going to For those that don't know, his name is Patrick Mahomes. We just, yeah. we just learned about his existence. <laughs> but you also have what's going on in L.A. and, and, yeah. and the Harbaugh going there. And I'm sure Sean Payton's going to figure out a way to, to yeah. turn that program around. And I, I just I don't think the Raiders organization could copy what everybody else is doing. I think yeah. you needed to find somebody who has that unique personality that Antonio does because you have to do it differently here. Correct. And so uh, I, I'm glad. I'm very uh, positive about where they're they're headed, but they also have to make the right moves going forward. And they are probably walking into one of their most precarious off seasons in their franchise Starts history. Starts with quarterback. Starts with quarterback. Absolutely. And so, how would you approach it with with the draft? There's a different type of free agents out there available. There's not just older guys like Kirk yeah. Cousins. You have different options like Justin Fields or even Mac Jones. Like, what do you think is the right amount for the Raiders to chew in their first year with Antonio being the full-time head coach. They have to explore every option. Yes. Because, look, Aiden O'Connell had some moments, but, I mean, like, you know, they won that game Christmas Day against the Chiefs. He didn't complete a pass after the first quarter. It was brutal. He didn't complete a pass after the first quarter. And I, that speaks somewhat to the Chiefs' defense, obviously. But, I mean, if you don't have those two turnovers by Mahomes in a span of seven seconds, that's an L. You know, it's an L. And you can't, you can't rely on those kind of things. So, you mm-hmm. – I mean, that that's why – that's one of the reasons why I think Bill doesn't have a job. I don't think he really found a quarterback situation that he was really comfortable with mm-hmm. uh, outside of, obviously, if the Chargers didn't want him because I think Herbert obviously would have been a, a great foundational piece to build around. Oh, so no it, it starts and ends. I'm always notorious for saying wins and losses are not a quarterback stat, and I believe that. But if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. So we, they, they have to leave every stone turned over to figure out where we can find our QB. Trey Wingo here with us, 33rd team, as well as the Stunt app. We'll get into that in just a second. But when we talked about, you know, the matchup between Mahomes and Brock Purdy, why do you feel that Brock Purdy still gets kind of like underrated in this com- in this comparison, yeah. but at the same time, does he have to outperform Mahomes in order for them to win? No, he doesn't, and that's the beauty of Brock Purdy. Uh, he doesn't have to uh, uh, outperform. He just has to not bleep the bed, for lack of a better term. Sure. They're the better team. You could say it. Yeah. They're the better team. 100%. Yeah. They're the better team. The Ravens were the better team. Bills were probably the better team. Dolphins weren't. But this this guy and this team, they know what this is about. I mean, people will say to me, how come Andy Reid didn't have this kind of success in Philadelphia? And I'll say, because 5 ain't 15. There it is. Right, there it is. Yeah. I mean, like, Donovan McNabb's a good quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is arguably going to be the greatest quarterback that's ever played the game. And I know people will freak out when they hear that. And if you're a ring counter, he's never getting seven. No one's ever getting seven again. That's it's an anomaly. It's a ridiculous thing. He is young, though, Trey. He's 28. He's the youngest quarterback ever to be in his fourth Super Bowl at the age of 28. Mm-hmm. I mean, the youngest before that was Tom Brady at 30. He's beat him by two years. If you go look at their numbers through the first six seasons as a starter, Patrick is way ahead of Brady in every category save one, which is three Super Bowl rings. Mm-hmm. He has two. Brady got his third at his 28th year. He wins Sunday, which I believe they will. He's got more regular season wins. He's got more postseason wins. He has a better touchdown-to-interception ratio his first six seasons. And his passer rating is through the roof. And, and just to give you an idea about what we're talking about, Patrick has now played 17 postseason games. That's a full season. Good Lord. He's got Derek Jeter-type stats. For those that don't know, Derek Jeter played 158 postseason games with the Yankees, which is an insane number. <laughs> so essentially he had a full regular season in the postseason. Derek hit 308. 20 home runs, 61 RBIs, scored 111 runs. So that's, a, that's an MVP-type campaign against the best pitching you can find. 
Well, Patrick Mahomes has led the Chiefs to a 14-3 record. He's responsible for 45 touchdowns, only eight turnovers. He has a completion percentage of 67%, and his passer rating is almost 107. Why is that significant? His passer rating in the regular season in his career is 92 so he takes wow. the That's best elevation. Yeah, he takes the best defenses that you're going to face in the postseason and says, "I'm kicking it up a notch," <laughs> and that's what he does. So this dude is unreal. He's unreal. And it's all about his ability to create. And just yeah. for me, it's the arm angles and yeah. the willingness to. He could underhand softball fast pitch it and it would probably work. And I think he's attempted that a few times. And so I, 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 I'm with you in terms of the better roster in the 49ers. And I think that this is a great chance for them to win. But yeah. I just, how do you ever pick against him? It, it just feels like a, a fool's errand at this point. Yeah, I'll give you a, I'll give you a couple quick nuggets here if you don't mind. Um, of course. Super Bowl 54. When I was still doing the morning show with uh, Golik on, on ESPN, we had Al Guido on, who was the president of the 49ers. Mm-hmm. So we did the whole thing afterwards. And I said, hey, thanks for being. So what do you think? After it was on the air, says, we have the better team. But that guy scares me to death. Wow. And they were up 10 points with eight minutes to play in that game, and they lost by 11, 31 to 20. I mean, he's ridiculous. Here's, here's, here's one other one. And, again, wins and losses are not a quarterback stat. But Patrick Mahomes, as the Chiefs quarterback, when they are down by seven or more points in a postseason game, the Chiefs' record is 8-2, and two, a winning percentage of 800. Second best winning percentage in that situation in the history of the NFL dating back to 1950 is Tom Brady at 10-11, and 11, under 500, oh, yeah. when his team trailed by seven or more points oh, in a postseason that's interesting. game. Okay. Patrick does not freaking care. Mm-hmm. He does not care. And he brings in, by far, the best defense he's ever had. And... This defense is actually playing better than the Niners' defense right now. It's playing yeah. significantly better in the postseason no than the Niners' defense is. Um, look, could the 49ers win? Absolutely. But why would, I, why would I bet against that guy? Why would I bet against him? You're absolutely right. You're pulling out numbers and stats and insights just out of thin air, no paper in front of you, no computer. I got two screens. <laughs> I'm taking you probably a prep on that stunt app. Tell us uh, all about your involvement and why this is different from all the other products out there where you try to get your sports news and staying up to date. Yeah, the, the thing about the stunt app is it's think of it as Twitter without all the crap. Or X. I'm sorry. People call it X. It's never X. It's Twitter. Okay. Correct. Let's just be honest about it's it. Hard, yeah. It's Twitter. GIF. Okay? GIF. It's GIF. It's Twitter for crying out loud. The the stunt app is basically your chance to talk nothing but sports. I don't care about your political opinions. I don't care about your recipes. I don't care. <laughs> I want to talk sports in a form where I can be free to talk about sports. Sure. It's just sports all the time. We do trivia on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It'll be uh, four o'clock tonight. But the whole point of this is for you to create a platform for yourself. You can become whatever you want to be. You can post uh, videos. You can host live, uh, live rooms. Mark Schlereth and I, who I work with forever at ESPN, we host a show every Monday, uh, 6 o'clock Eastern on the Stun app. Basically, it's your opportunity to prove yourself to be something and, and take notice and build your own platform and, and interact with other sports fans. It's just Twitter without the garbage. And it's the greatest thing in the world. As we said, we do trivia on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's your chance to prove that you know more about sports than anybody else, and it's your chance to build your own brand. So you can download the Stun app at the App Store or Google Play on an Android device. Trey Wingo. We love you having you on. It's great. You're a great storyteller. I love your shows on YouTube as well as with Chase Daniels. Thank you for coming on today. Thanks for having me, guys. Again, it all goes downhill from here. You guys got me first, so that was it. <laughs> okay. Hey, we, we, we got Start it. Start strong. Team. Yeah, this is great. We love it. Hey, we'll take a break. We'll come back with a conversation with Trey Tucker. He joins us next here on Raider Nation Radio. Thanks for joining us here on the Morning Tailgate as we broadcast live 
from Radio Row here on Raider Nation Radio. Our coverage is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery and a man we have been looking forward to talking to, uh, not just in the locker rooms during game week, but it's also Trey Tucker here with us from the Las Vegas Raiders. Good morning to you, sir. How are you? I'm great. great. Um, thank you guys for having me on here. Well, thanks so for being with us. So excited to have you on here, Trey. And I'm, I'm a big fan of yours, and I want to get uh, to the bottom of a story at the beginning of the year because when you made the team, there were a few number changes in a, in a short succession, uh, and you settled on the number 11. I call you double French fry on the air. I hope that's okay. <laughs> Uh, but how did that process go down, and why did you choose to be the double French fry? So, honestly, I've always worn number one, and that's always been my favorite number, you know, growing up, and that's just what I've worn high school, college, you know, li- little league. So the next number to that is 11 because, you know, there's only one number. You can wear it one twice, and right. that, that's what it is. So I actually wore it at the senior board. I was like, oh, I kind of like what it looks like. So uh, when it opened up, you know, I was like, you know what, I'm going to take that because, like I said, there's only one number you can wear one twice. So right. that was it. Was there an inspiration behind choosing the number one? Did you emulate somewhere? Or you just like the way that how simple it was? Because I was number one playing goalie in hockey. Right. But hockey numbers are different than football numbers. Right. Yeah. So for me, it was just always kind of remind me, like, you know, I'm wearing number one, but, like, you know, to work like you're in second. You know what I mean? So to visually see the number, mm. you know, remind me just like, okay, like, I might be number one in this sport i might be number one in this but keep in mind like there's someone who wants this number and you can't let him take it so that's kind of like what i've always thought about having a number and it's my brothers i have eight brothers so they kind of oh yeah so they kind of like yeah you know they would kind of tell me about it too like you know ranking matters yeah (laughs) absolutely so it was kind of an earned thing like you had to earn to wear that number and uh, that's just kind of how it's always been for me Speaking with Trey Tucker, Las Vegas Raider wide receiver. Could you talk about like how this started out for you, especially in camp, and like the relationship you had with fellow rookie Michael Mayer, both coming in at the same time, <laughs> and yet both of you were on the same field when Cincinnati beat Notre Dame. Michael Mayer is one of my best friends, and I don't can't tell you how many times that I've he's heard me, you know, sing his chant, you know, the Notre Dame Irish, you know, what they do <laughs> because um, we beat them, and he hears that, you know, every day, and he just it, the, I can see the frustration in his face. Because he's tired of hearing it. And then he'll, he'll bring something up. I'm like, you can't talk. We beat you guys at your field. So um, I, I don't know if he'll hear this, but if he does, I know he'll shoot me a text. I'm like, come on, bro. Like, again. Um, so I'm excited to see him. I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, I miss the guy. He's, like I said, one of my best friends and great player. And um, they won't be the last time he hears that we beat Notre Dame. Well, so. what's it like you when you live with a guy like that? Because you guys had a room together yep. in camp. I mean, is he leaving his dirty socks all over the place? He, you know, we're, we're similar, kind of the same, you know, um, uh, his pet peeves, he just, he, it's like, he does random things. Like, I mean, I, I, there's times I recall waking up at like three in the morning, he'll just wake up randomly out of sleep. I'm a light sleeper. So like you can tap me and I wake up and he'll just wake up out of sleep and just chug a gallon, like j- just chug a water and I can hear it. And I'm like, <laughs> were you ever asleep or were you? Like, how do you just get out of your – I mean, and I mean, when I mean that, I mean, like, he shoots out of the bed. That's what, like, startles me. And I'm like, I look over, and, like, he's drinking the water. And I'm like, yo, and he's asleep. So I'm like, did you – I don't know. But that, that's one of the things. Another thing, he just, like, stumbles around. Like, he's just like, do, 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 He's sleepwalking. <laughs> so he's sleep hydrating. That's what I – hey, that's what I think it is. But, I, I, like, I know where he's at because I can just hear, do. I'm not shocked. And I'm like, can you walk any lighter? And he's just like, dude. I'm like, all right, bro. And then, like, another thing, he's, like, passive-aggressive. Like, when you talk to him, you're like, yo, what's up? What's up, bro? Like, I'm like, 
all right, man. Like, you know, just chill. But I love him to death, and I, I'm sure he'll expose. He says I'm a terrible multitasker and all this stuff. So when you guys talk to him, I'm sure he'll throw me under the bus a little bit. But um, it was fun. That that it was it was really fun. We'll start a battle between these two: Michael Mayer, Trey Tucker, trading uh, the stories that you don't really hear on the locker room. Yeah. They're in the off season, right? The informality. Yeah. It's great. And and the rookie season to me seems like such a baptism by fire, Trey. And we're talking to Trey Tucker, double French fry, one of my favorite members of the Las Vegas Raiders. You finish your college season, then the draft process starts right away. You're training, then you you go through the combine, you get drafted. The next morning, you're on a plane, boom, and you're in Las Vegas. What was that draft preparation process like for you? especially at this point last year yeah I mean I, when I think back on the last year around this time I was just getting done with the senior bowl going mm -hmm. to the comp like all that stuff man uh it, it's a blessing you know but I think all of this you know and, and this is for people who you know who eventually are going to go to NFL draft and who wonder what it's like it's all mental you know mm -hmm. and it, that's really the most it's mental the physical part I'd say that's the one percent like if you're you know at this level or working to be at this level you deserve to be here because it's the one percent but it's all mental and I think that whole process last year just really you know tested my mental but coming from where I came from in college and high school you know that's what it was all about coach Fickle um, one of my favorite coaches all time at Cincinnati that's just what he was it's, it's a mental game so I was prepared for it and you know that's just kind of how things are they move fast you get drafted you're here next you know you're learning a whole new playbook and you know it, there is no break so to actually have some time now you know to reflect on it um, I'm really thankful because I feel like um, throughout the season I never hit a rookie wall just because I was prepared for it so I would just keep going and as weeks went on I just got better and better and better and that's the progress that you look for. Your preparedness absolutely showed because go back into that season last year after the Vikings loss, short week, the Chargers are up next, and what changed for you because you had a breakout game? Yeah, I think um, I I just remember, you know, coming in the locker room, and I'm like, geez, I only played three plays that game. I mean, like, shoot, I might go work out after this, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, not jokingly, but, um, yeah, that, that's just that's, that's what it is. Every week, you know, practice. That's like a game. So the Vikings week, I was prepared, you know. And then I just remember, like, there were some changes, you know, going to the Chargers week, obviously. So um, I just remember, like, it's all walkthroughs. So that's the really testing yeah. part. It's a lot of walkthroughs because it's a short week. You play on Thursday. But the way you're dialed in, you know, to have confidence and know, like, when you go out there, I'm going to execute this play, like, film study and all that. That's kind of what happened, you know. And, and that's how I've been doing it all year. I remember my first game, I didn't play. But I still prepared as if I did. I had my notebook and I wrote all this stuff down, you know, knowing I knew I wasn't going to play that week, you know, but I still got in the routine of doing that in the process. So throughout the season, I do it every, you know, every week. And at the end of the season, I had a, I have a pile of notebooks of every team, <laughs> all like the DBs and stuff like that. So uh, it's just your, your habits and stuff like that. And um, I've always been that type of guy. So um, when it came to it and I knew you know, it was my time, you know, it, yeah. it can happen at any moment. That, that's, that's the beauty of it. So um, I just was executing those plays as they were coming, and, yeah. Well, Trey Tucker, I, I know that your time is coming, that more opportunities are going to come your way this season. And there's nothing that media members like ourselves love more than a comparable, right? And when I talk to other people and I ask them about you and, and your potential and what you bring, a lot of times people bring up Tyreek Hill, and I don't think that's fair to compare anyone because it's about being the best version of Trey Tucker. Right. And, and Tyreek Hill, he's Tyreek Hill. He's his own beast. 
But with you and in the off season, now that you have a time to take a breath, what is the next best version of you? What are you working on the most this off season to put yourself in a better position to make those big plays and be the explosive threat that the Raiders are looking for you to be? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, the uh, Tyreek Hill thing is funny because, you know, I, I hear that a lot. And sure. I love Tyreek Hill. I do, you know. Um, but I think me personally, like you said, um, working on the best version of myself, um, I would say, honestly, it, it's just shoring up, you know, catching. I, I'm confident in my hands, but, you know, just – it's different playing styles. Like you have to play indoors and lights. I played outside in college. So mm. adjusting to those type of things. But um, just, you know, you can never catch enough footballs, you know. So that's kind of my approach, you know, catching a lot of footballs every day. You know what I mean? Just mm. to where it's a point where, like, I don't want to catch any more footballs, you know. So um, that's kind of my thing. And I would just say, you know, just continue to work on the little things. You know, I feel like I'm a pretty good route runner. Obviously, speed topping, you know, that's topping, I would say topping the league, you know. Yeah. But um, I would just say um, continue to learn from Devontae Adams, you know. that's That's been a huge part of my success. He's a big brother to me. So continue to learn from him, Jacoby. And um, I would say, obviously, we got a new offensive coordinator, so we'll be learning a new playbook. But even try to get that as early as you can because the faster you get in the playbook, the faster you can play fast right away. So mm-hmm. by the time the season comes, you're ready to go. You're not still acumating to the playbook through training camp and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I would say that. And then, you know, just being able to run deep routes fast every time, you know, so conditioning and stuff like that. So it'll be, it'll be a fun offseason. Long list. Yep. It's a long list, but yep. I, I, that's a good one. A lot of fundamentals there. Well, and I think there's also uh, having Antonio Pierce there to be kind of like somebody making sure that you're always going to be accountable, always on task. Can you describe the change in the locker room that happened when he took over in midseason? Yeah, um, I would say, first of all, like I always say, like I have utmost respect for Josh McDaniels and Dave and all those guys. You know, they, they were a big part of my development early on. But um, I would say the change in the locker room, I mean, it, it just was – you know, it was just, it was different. You know, I mean, you walk in the team room and we got artists playing on, you know, walk. So it's like, it's a different feel, you know, mm-hmm. so. It felt like. Yeah. We could know, feel it. Yep. So, you know, it's just like a, I just said deep breath. And like I said, you know, it, it just, I can't really pinpoint what, what it was, but that's just what it was and what it continued to be. And, um, you know, we responded really well to it. And I know, you know, for me, it, it Whoever was going to be the coach, I was still going to be myself. So, um, but it was definitely fun. I, I would say it was enjoyable walking into the room and you hear like Gunner or something, somebody <laughs> you know on, on the TVs and people are dancing and stuff like that. So, uh, and this is going to the team team meeting room to start the morning, and it kind of just gets people spirit up, you know, to be able to let's get ready to attack the day. So, um, yeah. Fantastic stuff from Trey Tucker, wide receiver for the Las Vegas Raiders. When my life starts to move really fast, I have certain foods that I'll rely on because it's just consistent. It's there. Uncrustables are, are, are my thing. I don't know if you want this. It's been thawing out since 4 in the morning. Uh, I brought it here just in case you needed a snack. But I've always been curious about uh, timing up, fueling your body for games because you guys play at midday a lot. I, I assume that means it's an early morning. So what's your process to get your body and fueled for, for, for first kickoff and moving with a ton of speed? That's the most important thing. See, a guy like, like myself, I, I don't eat a ton of stuff, you know, mm-hmm before the game they have to be light so i love fruits um obviously hydration is key 
But um, people don't know, like, that's the hidden secret because what you what you, you are, what you eat. So what you fuel your body with, you know, you'll be able to run faster still in the fourth quarter. So for me, I take all that stuff serious. I'm not a big junk food eater. I don't drink soda and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So um, I do love Encrustables, though. Okay. Um, th- th- love th- this is a great partnership. Right. Yeah, this, this is, is how friendships start, Trey. That, that's, that's, that does appear in the pregame meal, awesome. I'd say. So, um, yeah. That's just what right. it is. So you do want this six-hour-old uncrustable. I'll bring you a fresh one next time. Okay, that sounds good. I think that, that'll work. <laughs> Jay Tucker here with us, Las Vegas Raiders. What's the most important thing about uh, being here now on Radio Row for you as you get a chance to talk to everybody and, like, you know, you see, like, you know, the things that interest you and the things that are important to you. What's now the uh, you know, most important thing for you this week and to get out and the message? Um, I would just say, you know, I know a lot of people know me, you know, with the helmet on, but just, you know, finding out who I am without the helmet on, you know what I mean? Just kind of, you know, understand where I came from and yeah. get to know more about me. That's that's the whole point of this, you know, like. Cuyahoga Falls. Yeah, that's, I went to CVCA. So I'm actually from Akron. Oh, cool. Yeah, Akron, but I went to school in Cuyahoga Falls. Um, so Akron, home of LeBron James. So. Um, I've heard I, of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I'd say the best basketball player all the time, but we can debate. But anyways. Uh, we we'll debate. Uh, yeah, so. You know, I'd say that and, you know, just to kind of reflect, like talking to you guys and it allows me to even reflect like, man, like I didn't think about that, you know, because sometime in the off season, your mind, you know, goes elsewhere, which as it should, you know, you've just done football for so long. So, um, but yeah, I, that's that's what I'd say. Trey, it's awesome to have you on. Thank you again for coming on today and the best success for the off season. We know great things are in store for you, too. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. And thanks again for Trey Tucker. Awesome stuff from the Raiders wide receiver. In fact, from one Trey to another, we'll take a quick break and we'll talk to DeAndre Carter, Raiders returner and wide receiver. He joins us next here as we broadcast live from Radio Row, brought to you by Paul Padalot. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. Fenhouse back in the studio. Let's go. We're here with DeAndre Carter, uh, Vinny and I on the morning tailgate. Thank you so much for joining us in the most chaotic environment I've certainly ever been in. Where does this rank for you? Uh, it's up there. I mean, it's the whole whole environment is crazy out here. It's going to be like that all week. Uh, a lot of people coming in for the game, uh, but I'm excited to be a part of it. It's fun to see. Uh, this is the time of year where a lot of people, if they're entering in that draft process, you're yep. training, you're going through all of it, and it's kind of a whirlwind of yep. an experience in your first year. What was that like for you, especially at this juncture? Uh, so my my first year, like you said, getting ready for you know combine mm-hmm. and pro and all the things. Uh, you really just want to focus. You really focus on like being your best self physically uh, when it's time to perform. Uh, but it's, it's it's different. I mean, this guy kids have never experienced the things that they're about to go through. Um, but it's an exciting time. Exciting for yourself, for your family, everybody that supports you. Um, and so it kind of you want to work. Make sure you put in the work, but kind of soak in the moment at the same time. What, yeah, what would your uh, advice be to, to any of those kids that are getting ready to do all of that? Yeah, like I said, I mean, just lock in and focus. The the work that you're putting in, you know, to get ready is most important for sure. Uh, make sure you lock in on that wherever you're training, your training's regimen, whatever it is, super important. Um, and then also, like, it's a lot of things that come with it new, you know, like recognition and people, you know, pulling at you. Uh, so I would say make sure you just keep the work first. Work comes first and all the other stuff will fall in place. Horse blinders. Real quick, when you mm-hmm. see this uh, big event like this, yeah. how much motivation is that for you to get there? Great. It's, it's a lot of motivation, man. Every year I watch the Super Bowl, and since I was a kid, I watch Super Bowl, you know, wanting, wanting my opportunity to play in that game. You know what I'm saying? And so being here, the Super Bowl, being in the city that I live in, the city that I play in, 
it's a lot of motivation for sure, and it's helped me, you know, something to add, add a fuel to the fire, you know, to get to work and make sure that, you know, me and the team get back to this point next year. Off seasons change every year of your career. Sometimes yep. it's about maintenance, sometimes it's about healing. Yeah. What are you focused on this off season, and, and who are you talking to? Because I hear a lot of people have, you know, their brain trust, who they pick, who is willing to maybe tell them some stuff to how to improve. Who's in your corner? Yeah. So for me, uh, my focus this off season is also like body recovery. I'm old now, doing mm-hmm. 30. I'll be. 31 when the season starts, but mm-hmm. making sure uh, make sure my body feels good. Obviously, staying fast and explosive is always a focus of mine. Flexibility is a, something that I, I uh, focus on a lot in the offseason, a lot of yoga, a lot of stretching, a lot of Pilates, stuff like that. Um, and I would say... Uh, sorry, was, was this the uh, question? The people that you just kind oh, yeah, of people. shoot it with in yeah. the offseason, how to improve where you're at. Sure. Uh, you reach out to different peers throughout the league. Um Football-wise, I work out with Keenan Allen a lot in the offseason. So I pick his brand a lot route running-wise. And then I got my own trainers and things like that that help me with my body and stuff like that. So uh, I got a a good team around me that helps me get ready for season for sure. I've been doing this a long time, and I've never seen what I saw, the transformation in the Raiders locker room, the team, Mm -hmm. when the coaching change was made and Antonio Pierce took over. And I I don't think I was misreading that. No, not at all. Not at all. It's a... it was a. It was special to be a part of that, you know. At the end, of the, and I'm I'm excited about what it's going to look like next right. year. Um, but definitely a, a culture shift. I mean, I think us hiring, you know, AP was big for the organization, you know, as a whole. I think just him as a person, one the way he had a long successful career, the way that he played, and the way he carried himself every day is is the Raider way. You right. know, Raider way. He played tough, physical, unapologetically. Gonna hit you in the mouth. And I think you kind of seen our team take on that persona once he became the head coach, which is something that we hope to obviously duplicate and replicate, you know, going into next year. Uh, but he—he he just everything about him is he's the right away and he's the guy for the job for sure. I'm so super excited that we was able to get that done. I'm sure there's a lot, there's a long way to go. Uh, but yeah. have you already maybe popped in some tape on Luke Getz's offense to see what might that that might look like? Yeah. So I actually uh, I've spoken to. Uh, I spoke to Coach Getsy before I actually I signed uh, with the Chargers last year because he, he was with, in Chicago with the Bears. Right. They were, you know, you know how free agency goes. Uh, but I'm excited. I'm excited about it. I think uh, the system that he has is very uh, quarterback and player friendly. Um, and I'm excited to see, you know, you know how they use the pieces that we have, put them in different spots and able to, you know, make our offense, you know, be what it's supposed to be. Morning tailgate here with DeAndre Carter. Just to circle back to Antonio Pearson, how he is as a coach. Because when a guy's been there and he's seen everything, he's experienced, there's no hiding. He knows exactly right. what everybody's doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he's the guy that's going to call you out on exactly what you're doing. Sure. But what is it like in terms of bringing you guys back in the fold, staying integrated? Because it's hard to get chewed out. But what does he do or does he outsource that to other coaches to make sure that everything's smoothed over and everybody's good? I think, I think that as a professional athlete, the guys that want to be great, that want to be good, appreciate getting being coached hard. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The guys that want to know when they're not doing something right, they want people to point it out, you know, oh, you took a false step here or a hand placement here. Uh, and I think AP, as long as everybody else on the staff, all take a part in, in doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily always getting chewed out and like that. It's constructive criticism. you mm-hmm. got to take it as such. 
Um, and we all know it's all coming from a place of love. We all got a common goal. We all trying to be better. We all trying to be our best selves uh, so we can win games and, and eventually get back to this, you know, get to this platform and, and, and win the Super Bowl. So uh, I don't think nobody ever takes it personally, and it's, it's, it's part of, you know, getting better and trying to win. I find it really interesting that he came in and allowed you guys to be you. Yep. Um, but there was also a responsibility that you guys felt about that. Yeah. Okay, you, I, I, I'm going to be myself. Yeah. I'm not going to cross a line. And the reason I bring that up, penalties went down. Right. Um, and and the discipline type stuff. Yeah. Stayed up. Yeah. So was it you guys just find, understanding like, hey, he's, he's treating us like adults. We're going to be responsible as adults with that. Freedom. I think I think that's a big part of it. Like like you said, AP came in and treat you know treated us like adults, treated us like grown men. You know, the grown men that we are. Um, and as a man, you know, when you get when you get afforded that type of responsibility, uh, that type of trust, um, you want to make sure you do your part, you know, not to break that. You know what I'm saying? And, and especially with the, we knew the situation that we was in when he became the when he became the interim coach, you know, and we knew that we wanted him to stay. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we knew that we had to do what we were supposed to do to make it look right, so so he can get the job. DeAndre Carter, thank you so much for taking the time with us on the gate. Appreciate right, thank you. you. All right, back to back. Raiders with Trey Tucker and DeAndre Carter right here on Raider Nation Radio, the morning tailgate. Our coverage is brought to you by Paul Padalaw, where it's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Stay right there. We come back from break because Jake Plummer is set to join us next here on Radio Row. It's the gate. So much for being with us here as we broadcast live from Radio Row. Lindsey, Clay, and you, Fenhouse, back in the studio. And Jake Plummer's here with us, former Pro Bowl quarterback and co-founder of Umbo Athletic-Focused Functional Mushrooms grown on his very own farm. Go online, getumbo.com, take Jake's 21-day challenge, and we're happy to have you here, Jake. Thank you for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show, Raider Nation. I love it. I know, man. Can we get this out of the way? Raider Nation reveres the snake, Kenny Stabler, in so many ways. Explain how your nickname also plays tribute to the great Hall of Famer. Yeah, well, I, I mean... I started going by Jake in the third grade, actually. My real name's Jason. So oh. uh, there were four other Jasons in the class I transferred into, and the teacher said, please tell me you go by something besides Jason. I can't have five Jasons in the class. said, I, I go by Jake. So she said, perfect. Hello, class. want you to meet our new student, Jake. New so I became Jake then, and so – through that time, I was always playing football at recess. I begged my mom to get on the Optimus Field, started playing, and I had a talent of making people miss, and I was skinny. And then I read Kenny Stabler's autobiography, The Snake, in the eighth grade, I think it was. And before you know it, people started calling me The Snake and huh. kind of stuck. So glad that I was mobile and able to play kind of like a snake, hard to catch, because had I not been – you know, that nickname wouldn't have stuck. And, uh, you know, there's negative connotations to Snake sometimes, but really when it's just my nickname it's because the players I played against know why they call me the Snake because sometimes yeah. I was slippery and hard to catch and would pop up somewhere and then I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they're necessary, right? There's a reason why they're here. There's a reason why uh, they exist within nature. And, uh, again, we're talking to Jake Plummer. Uh, you've done a lot of different things in your yeah. life, and not in, or including being a, a former quarterback yourself. But I went to your website, uh, your Umbo website, and I'm very curious because I love cannabis, but I haven't dabbled, dabbled in the mushroom game yeah. yet. These products look almost identical to what I would find in any sort of dispensary, at least here in Las Vegas and Nevada where it's legalized. So what's different about your products, at least in in your mind well you, you speak of cannabis and what got me to where I'm at now was the, the advocacy I did with Charlotte's web discussing the difference between marijuana and hemp mm -hmm. a very confusing thing for many people they thought it was oh no I don't want that hemp product it's gonna make me high no mm -hmm. hemp didn't doesn't make you high now hemp is uh, 
partnered with Charlotte's Web and the Major League Baseball. So mm -hmm. that wall was broken down due to athletes, one myself included, that brought this to the mainstream and, and, and educated people about the difference. Mm -hmm. So here we are into a new new thing with fungi, with mushroom. It's an its own separate kingdom. I call it a queendom because I feel like it's given birth to so many things and it's such a, a, a space holder for earth mushrooms the whole king the whole kingdom um, people hear about the news in colorado of it's legal out there no we decriminalized it that right. way you don't go to jail for carrying around a mushroom that grows in a cow patty in your neighbor's backyard mm -hmm. and you picked it like this is our human right to have the ability to use nature for our own health and well-being and so again we're educating when i say here try this mushroom bar or try these mushroom products people are like oh and they giggle and look around like oh i'll try some of those am i going to trip out like no these are functional mushrooms yes. that have been used for centuries in eastern medicine and chinese medicine for a whole plethora of ailments and disease and now we're just in this western culture and our western society and the way we treat patients we don't really necessarily treat this the symptoms and 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 preventative medicine we just give them a pill and say okay this, this is take for care you of it. it's for you and you and you and we're going to treat you all the same and we're all so different our gut biomes alone are so complex mm. but turkey tail mushrooms shows to help with our gut balance and if you don't have a healthy gut your brain is going to be foggy mm -hmm. so you could take lion's mane for the brain but is your gut in order to actually absorb what you're putting into it so we're learning so much it's such a beautiful thing to be involved in again we have to break it down and say these mushrooms will not trip you out these mushrooms are legal they've been sold in health food stores for a long time. I mean, in the 70s, you could go buy lion's mane and chaga and reishi. It's been here. It's just now people are searching because they, they're tired of, they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And if you can find something in nature that's natural, that gives you a little energy boost, maybe helps you think clearer, gives you hope that you can age gracefully, yeah. they're going to go look for it. And mm -hmm. so, again, I'm able to have the ability to, to be a conduit for this, a messenger of this knowledge that isn't something I came up with. This has been here forever. I'm just the messenger bringing this to the masses to, to break down this stigma and the confusion around it so people get curious. I really love curious individuals that want to say, what is this, man? What are you doing? What's going on here? Tell me more about this because we're just tapping into this and there's so much to learn and there's so much out there that we have yet to even find that could be beneficial to not only the human race, but to Mother Earth also. Go online, getumbo.com, U-M-B-O.com. Sign up for Jake's 21-day challenge. And just go to getumbo.com and check out the, the farm that Jake is growing these personally and, and understanding all the work that goes into it. And, you know, many people are not aware of mycology or yeah. even microdosing. So what do you think is, like, the biggest obstacle for universal acceptance as this is still kind of like a budding industry? Yeah, it's just more... What we started and when we did this is, is to have, number one, a very potent, organic, domestically grown product that yeah. you can trust. Because a lot of these industries or categories will come up, and, and especially dealing with 
hemp and understanding and watching that, I knew starting this, one of my main goals was like, we have to provide the people with what we're saying is in this. You can't right. say this is a mushroom drink and put 10 milligrams of mushrooms in it because you're not going to feel that. But when you're getting 300 milligrams, 400 milligrams of three different mushrooms, cordyceps, chaga, and lion's mane, mm. through time, you'll start to feel this. And like anything, consistency over time equals results. That's why we started the 21-day challenge, because people want to start a New Year's resolution. They do it for a week or two, and then it fizzles out because life gets in the way. And that's okay. Don't be hard on yourself. Don't judge yourself. That also is damaging. Yeah. But 21 days, we're asking you to just... If you would like to try our mushrooms, try the Umbo mushrooms, incorporate them into your daily routine, along with some sun salutations, a little yoga, a little movement, a little meditation, little meditations, maybe For a sure. little breath work, mm -hmm. uh, drinking lemon water first thing in the morning, even just getting up and drinking a glass of water first thing in the morning. What it does to kickstart your system is so important that we forget these tiny little things you can do that take really not much effort can put your day onto a trajectory for good, for feeling better, for being more energized. And so this 21-day challenge, we're asking people to join up. Me and Rashad Evans, UFC Hall of Famer, are going to be in your corner for 21 days, giving you little bits and pieces to help motivate you and inspire you to go get, go get what you're after. Go, go do it. Step up and, and take the time to get committed to something just for 21 days. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of 21 days, you tell us how you feel. You know, if it's beneficial and making you feel better, that's what we're here for. And, uh, again, trying to just get out to let people know in the industry we're in, like Sunday, the game's going to be won by a, a, milli, a millimeter or a split millisecond decision that's made. And if there's something that can help your body function, maybe that millisecond or millimeter better, mm -hmm. wouldn't yeah. you want to give it a try? I mean, this is nature. This is all natural, no side effects. So we're not talking pharmaceuticals or engineered in a lab or derived from some chemical compound or anything like that. This is just Mother Earth brought to you in a very trustworthy way and uh, helping you feel better. And a good-looking can at that as yeah, well. It's, it's shiny. You. It's flashy. It looks like it's, it's very well-designed. This is what I love. Yeah. It includes zero grams of added <laughs> sugars and only four grams of sugar in it. Dang. Yet it tastes really good. It has uh, no electrolyte salts. No high fructose in there, is there? Not a five bit. 5,000 milligrams of electrolyte salts and adaptogens. So you're getting goodness in a can. And, and, you know, you can drink some of these other products. But, hey, read the ingredients, people. Get Umbo.com <laughs> with Jake Plummer. Jake, have a great day. Thanks again for yes, coming on. Hey, today, man. thank you, Raider really Nation. I tell you. you, I love the Raiders, man. I think I should have been a Raider, but we well, can do that. We can get into that in our talk, next conversation. We can talk about that another right? time. Yeah. <laughs> All back right. after this at the Morning Tailgate, Steve Weiss said to join us in the third hour. Thanks for being with us. We come back here on Raider Nation Radio.